One man, one mission, to equip the Church of Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit and awaken the Church to the voice of the Spirit. David Cuppet brings to you the School of the Holy Spirit from one of his many missions from around the world, where he aligns with apostolic leaders to eradicate spiritual blindness and reveal the true authority of believers in Christ, to prophesy, heal the sick, raise the dead, and cleanse the lepers. Open your heart and get ready to receive all that the Holy Spirit has for you in this week's session of the School of the Holy Spirit. School is in session. So tonight I want to talk to you about uh, this, this divine exchange. How many of you know that uh, you know, the Lord does supernatural things through people, right? Um, I mean, there are things where he does and, you know, they're just, you know, they're strange, right? Angels come and do supernatural things. And you can give examples of that in the Bible, but the Lord actually works through people. And so your um, expectation of the supernatural flowing through you um, really is a foundational element um, in you turning uh, from a religious viewpoint into the expectation of, that the supernatural of God, the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit, not only has a plan for your life, but is going to work through you at any moment, okay? I'll tell you a couple quick stories uh, before we get in. I had a dream last night that I'm really pumped up about. Um, I'm excited because I believe that uh, there's more that the Lord is going to equip you with. Amen? And uh, just to kind of get things started, I'll tell you a supernatural story. Um, two years ago, I had this dream. It was a crazy dream. Uh, Shelly and I were living in West Virginia at the time, and in the dream, uh, Jesus was knocking on my door. He woke me up out of bed in the middle of the night, and uh, I opened the door, and Jesus is standing in my front yard with a torch, and it has two, uh, it has two, uh, two flames on it, or, or it has two wicks, okay? One wick is lit, and it says Indy on it. The other wick is not lit. It says the United States on it, okay? And at the time, I had been going to India a lot. I mean, that was where my focus was. It still is. Um, I love going to India. Um, but I really wasn't focused on the church in America because, I mean, I was going to India uh, at the time, you know, once every three, four months, and I was just, I was burning for it. But Jesus knocks on my door. He wakes me up to see that um, there should be two wicks lit, and only one of them was lit, okay? And Jesus starts to talk to me as I go out into the front yard about going to a place for a divine exchange, okay? And he turns me to the west, and we look west, and there's this huge bright light um, out in, on, on the, in the west, because, you know, it's, it's the middle of the night, and this huge bright light uh, to the west, we, we start walking. He takes me by the hand, and we start walking. And I'm, we're crossing state lines. The further we get west, we're, talking, we're, we're crossing state lines. And we cross into Arizona. We're walking toward um, a city. Uh, it, it, we walk into Phoenix, and we end up stopping at this church. It was a church that I had never heard of. Um, it was called Fresh Start Church, um, and Jesus further starts to talk about this divine exchange that I was going to give them something, and they were going to give me something, okay? 
And he then he gave me this vision and this prophecy over the up as, as I continued the conversation over the next few days. The Lord gives me this vision of what I'm supposed to do with these guys. And so this is kind of crazy, right? I mean, that's kind of supernatural. And so I get on the phone. I look. I get. I get up the next couple of days. I get. Uh, I find this church. Um, I call these guys. <laughs> I say, "You're not going to believe this. Um, these guys. Their names are Pastor uh, Paul and Kim Owens." And uh, I call her. I talk to her. Uh, we're trading emails. Um, and I had. I was traveling internationally at the time. Uh, for my job, and so I figured out that, you know, I, on my way back from China, I was going to land in uh, uh, Los Angeles, connect into Phoenix, and somehow, some way, I was going to follow through with what the Lord told me in the dream, and uh, I'm, I'm talking to Kim Owens, and she goes, oh yeah, you, you just tell us when, you're, we'll be there, right, and so I make it there. A few months later, I make it there, um, and this place, I had never been to the place. I didn't know anything about it. I'm walking in by faith, um, and it's on a Friday morning. And I walk in, and she goes, I'm going to show you our prayer intercession room before we take you into the church. And she walks me in, and there's like 15 people on their knees, literally crying out for the power of God to come. And she goes, I just wanted to see, I wanted you to see what we are before we started to talk. And I'm like, wow, I'm like pumped up. And I'm like, how long, and how long does this happen? And she's like, well, you know, we have teams. We are bent that revival is going to happen. And she goes, yeah, we have teams. They come in every couple hours. I'm like, like on Friday? She goes, no, all the time. I'm like, whoa, you got something I need, right? And anyway, the conversation goes on. And um, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to read you just to pick up where the, the exchange with what I was sent there to, to tell them. Um, because she asked me to write this down, send it to her after we prayed and, and whatnot. But um, as this vision is announced and prophesied, the fire that rests on your ministry will be magnified and multiplied two ways. Many people you have raised are about to be released from the nest, taking the fire to other places. But a second means of multiplication is about to mature as your fire is being recognized as a beacon in the night for many who will come to get their wicks lit. I'm just the first one. Prepare your altars for the people will come from across this nation to be set on fire. History says that the phoenix was named after a fiery bird as a symbol of a great rising civilization in the future. And the Lord says that this is true, but instead of the Greek false god called the Phoenix, the Lord of heaven has sent his fiery dove to lead a people to rise out of the desert, says the Lord. You are those people. And so I prayed for them. I prophesied over them. They prayed for me. And this is kind of crazy, but within a couple months of returning from them praying for me, I sat down and... Uh, this book literally came out in three weeks, and it was kind of coincidental. Well, I don't believe in coincidences. I, I apologize. Shame on me. Why did I use that word? But, you know, people start calling me, and, you know, this whole connection with churches in the U.S. starts to happen and that type of thing. Um, but 
what I found interesting is, uh, you know, at the time, they, they didn't, they were burning for revival, but the part about people coming from across the United States, that didn't happen yet, okay? And she messages me once in a while, and she goes, I still have that word. It's, it's sitting, um, it's on my desk. I look at it, I read it, I believe it, I pray it. And um, anyway, uh, this weekend, they started this new conference series that they're doing called the Doorkeepers, Gateway to Revival. And uh, she told me that they have pastors from over 30 states in their church. Amen? People, the, the, the speakers they have this weekend are Jeremiah Johnson, Kilpatrick. Kilpatrick's there. They've got, I mean, there's just, it's just, it's crazy, okay? So I'm just, I'm telling you this to encourage you that your dreams and your visions are not just flashes in the pan. They're not pizza dreams. They require you to actually act on them and supernatural things, right? Supernatural things will happen. There, there was a divine exchange. I went to light their wick and prophesy something that they had not yet stepped into. Although they were burning in their heart for revival, they had not stepped into that yet. And I had not stepped in. I had prophecies from years earlier, a decade earlier, that I would write books and uh, I would go to the nations. I had gone to India, but I, you know, the book, the book never came out until, I don't know. I mean, I literally sat down three weeks. The book comes out. That's, that's pretty crazy, right? Amen. And so I'm just telling you that, guys, to encourage you that um, it's not just a dream. It's not just a pizza dream. It's not just a, a vision. It's a, it's a supernatural exchange. What the Lord speaks out of heaven is his view of your life going forward. Amen? And his view always looks better than where you're at right now. Right? Amen? And so, um, this dream I had last night is real quick. Um, in this dream, I'm running down a hallway in heaven. And I'm, I'm running, I'm running. I frantically turn around the corner, and there's an angel guarding a door. And I don't know how I know this, but I know the armor... Um, the Ephesians 6 armor is behind this door. And I run up to the angel and I said, open the door. I need, I need more armor. The people need more armor. And the angel says, I don't have the key. You're supposed to have the key. And I went, you're right. I am supposed to have the key. Move out, move out. And so I got in. I'm, I'm trying to put my finger in this keyhole and turn it. And, and all of a sudden, I just... For whatever reason, I bent down and I started to speak into the keyhole and the door opens up. And, and when the door opens up, there's a, it's like a warehouse, but the floor is made out of clouds. And so I'm like, I don't have time to think. I don't have time whether like I'm going to like fall through the clouds or whatever. But I took a step and boom, I start walking on the clouds and I'm pulling helmets off. I'm pulling swords off. I'm pulling breastplates off. I'm pulling all this armor off, and I'm throwing it. I'm seeing the earth below, and I'm, I'm throwing it down, and boom, the dream ended. Amen? And I don't know about you, but that excites me because, you know what? The kingdom of heaven is voice-activated. Do you know that? The kingdom of heaven is voice-activated. Um, we talked um, over the last few weeks about Matthew 16, whatever you bind on earth, will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. The keys, right? 
The prophecy, the dream, the vision that you release out of your mouth is a key that opens doors that is supernatural. You have access. That, that vision, it's not just a pizza dream vision. When the Lord gives it to you, it actually is a key that opens up doors. Amen? And so Jesus said this in Luke 24, 49, Stay here until I clothe you in the Holy Spirit. He actually used that word, clothe. That's, that's actually the armor. He's actually saying, I don't want you to go out into the world naked. I want you to go in the power of the Holy Spirit to be armored in the Ephesians 6 armor, to hear my voice, to hear my words, and it will be as armor to you to go out into the world. How many of you know that baptism in the Holy Spirit is not supposed to be a one-time thing? You see, a lot of people fall into this trap. They're like, oh, I checked the box. I got filled with the Holy Spirit. I, you know, I shook under the presence of God. I even had this language come out of my mouth. I, don't, I can't do it now. But, you know, that's, that's not really what that scripture means. You know, it's actually every day of your life, you wake up, you jump up out of bed, you run into your prayer closet waiting to be clothed in the power of the Holy Spirit with what he's saying to you, where he's leading you. Because that equipping, right, is supernatural. It is the key that opens up the door to get across the threshold that's holding you back from where you're supposed to be or what you're supposed to be equipped with that day or where you're supposed to go to give something away or what, whatever it is that's supernatural. And so turn to the person beside you and tell them this. Tell them the kingdom of heaven is voice activated. And you're called... To prophesy, to dream the dream of the Lord, to have the vision of the Lord. And that armor will equip you and be a key that opens doors for you and the people around you. Hallelujah. That is why the prophecy in Joel came forward that you will dream dreams and have the vision of the Lord because one person who hears the voice of God is an army. You turn households, you turn the path of friends' lives, you turn city blocks, you turn churches, you turn cities. That's how powerful the, the vision of the Lord is. So... He didn't really call you to be centered on any other thing than his voice, than the relationship, this divine exchange, expecting every day of your life that you go into your prayer room, that he's going to speak to you supernaturally, and somehow, some way, there's a step. He takes you this way, then he takes you that way, and he sends you over here, he sends you over there, amen? And it's baby steps. He always starts with baby steps. It may seem like a super huge thing to you, but they're baby steps. Baby steps, start, you start to walk, and then you start to run, and you do, you're finding yourself woken up, sent to this state, sent to this nation. Amen? That's his plan for your life. And so the armor and the gifts of the Spirit, they're the same thing. When the Lord speaks, it armors you, when the Lord speaks, it, it's a gifting, okay? 
1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, starting with verse 5, these are the diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, another gifts of healing, another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues and interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. Amen? And so when you hear the voice, the concept of the gifts is you are armored to speak, you are gifted to speak, but it's still back to the simple aspect of hearing his voice. If you hear his voice, you are armored. If you hear his voice, you have the army of God behind you. If you hear his voice, right, supernatural things and in, in what Paul describes as the gifts of the Spirit will flow out of you for your own life and for the people around you. We saw it last week, right? The guy, uh, we had a word of knowledge um, for the guy that was sitting over here in the corner. What was his name? Carlos, we call Carlos up here. People start getting visions of Carlos. Carlos uh, ends up, he has nodules. And right before, right before the class started, we got a report that the nodules that were on Carlos, they started shrinking this week, right? Amen. And that is because of a word of knowledge, right? The, the people that were sitting in the same area as Carlos said, I, there's something about your neck, right? The Lord wants to pray for your neck. Carlos says, yeah, I have nodules and I have fear. I'm in panic because of the diagnosis potential of what this is, right? The Lord knew that. That wasn't somebody's pipe dream. The Lord sent the, the body to help pray for Carlos and now Carlos, right? The path of Carlos' life was changed because of a word of knowledge. Do you remember Megan? I mean, Megan, Megan was, the, was the girl that uh, we started to pray for that had the serpents under her bed. As soon as, as soon as I said about the serpents under her bed and fear, she starts to weep, right? I mean, that's, that's a word of knowledge. That's not like, you know, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't something I created on my own. Um, and there were so many over the last few weeks where you guys had visions, words of knowledge, uh, gifts of faith, wisdom, he, uh, you know, gifts of healing that were imparted, and people's lives are changed. That's what the body is supposed to look like. You are armored in the Holy Spirit. Amen? That's pretty exciting. And so you have to have, you have, to have a hunger that's going to take you to go deeper. You know what the definition of religion is? There's many definitions of religion, but I'm going to give you my, one, of my, one of the ones I hate the most, and that's complacency. When a person, even when they get filled with the Holy Spirit, they, they are awakened to the power of God, they're awakened to the supernatural, and then they get complacent and fall back into their routine. That's, that's religion. That's, that's a dead mindset. And so... The intent is that you're always in pursuit. Amen? You are always in revival. You are thirsting after the presence of the Lord. You are like a deer panting at the brook. For th and You are so thirsty for the presence of the Lord. 
And out of your hunger for the presence of the Lord, what he speaks to you is, it's whatever he wants to speak to you, right? He it says he shares his secrets with those who are close to him, that the, the prophetic connection um, out of that thirst for his presence, he just starts to speak to you. You don't, you know, I don't know. I didn't know I was going to wake up and get sent to Phoenix. I didn't know I was going to wake up in 2015 and get sent on the other side of the world to India. And I can give you story after story after story, but it's, it was never going into prayer to be sent to the next place. It was always thirsting to go into prayer, to be in the presence of my King, of my God, my Lord, and Him beginning to share His view, His vision of the earth, His view of the world, what His design for my life, my marriage, my children. I can tell you crazy things the Lord said about my children in the, my darkest hours. And I had to hold on to what He was saying, and, and it... And, and it Things that are just now coming to fruition. And it's just crazy. What I'm trying to do, though, is get you this understanding that it's not built on what next supernatural thing I'm going to do. It's built on you every day wanting to be clothed in the presence of the Lord, thirsting after his heart. And out of that relationship, he trusts you because you're not after the glory you're after his heart, right? He said that David was a man after his heart. David literally thirsted for the presence of the Lord. David was actually a scoundrel. He murdered people. He did stupid things at different times in his life. He, he did bad stuff. He was adulterer. He broke up marriage, murdered people. But God chose him and said, you are a man after my heart. I take that literally, that David was chasing the heart of God. Even in his biggest screw-ups, he was chasing after God's heart. He wanted the presence of the Lord. And that, that dynamic changed David's life. He was different than anybody else around him. And it was in that dynamic that made David supernatural. You see, when you walk with the presence of the Lord, you can go in and do things that people without the presence of the Lord should be scared right? You should be scared if you don't have the presence of the Lord, but the presence of the Lord is a supernatural thing, um, and you have to be convinced that the presence of the Lord that sits on you, that rests on you, is the most powerful weapon there is in the world. There's a story in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 3 where David, David had already killed the giant. He was... Uh, fleeing from Saul. Saul had been chucking spears at him. And David, David was fleeing into the, into the, the desert, um, trying to hide. And Saul was actually sending messengers after him to hunt him down and kill him. If Saul couldn't kill him himself, he was going to find somebody that could kill David, right? And that's a story. That's the difference between a man trying to appear righteous, which was Saul, he was trying to appear righteous before the people, but he actually feared man instead of fearing God. And David feared God, right? And they were at complete odds. One was a religious man. One man was in love, okay? And so in 1 Samuel chapter 3, starting with verse 18, this is actually how powerful 
the gifts of the Spirit and the power of prophecy is it's birthed out of a relationship that hungers for the presence of God. It says, uh, starting with verse 18, So David fled and escaped the place um, and went to Samuel, yeah, Samuel at Ramah and told him all that Saul had done to him. And he and Samuel went and stayed in Naoth. I just want to point out that it says that David fled and escaped, but actually what David did was change the battlefield. David went to a place where the prophetic was resting, and you're going to see the impact of the power of the presence of God. Now it was told Saul, saying, Take note, David is at Naoth Ramah. Then Saul sent messengers. It's actually interpreted killers. Saul sent killers to take David. And when they saw the group of prophets prophesying, Samuel standing as leader over them, the Spirit of God came upon uh, the messengers of Saul, and they also prophesied. Think about that. There were guys sent to hunt down David, and the power of prophecy was so strong coming out of heaven that what was flowing out of their mouth created an atmosphere that caused killers to fall down and not only fall down and stop trying to kill David, but the prophetic impacted them so supernatural that it says they prophesied. Now, if that was the end of the story, that would be enough for me. But it goes on. And when Saul was told, he sent other messengers. They went to the hill, fell down, and started to prophesy also. Then Saul sent messengers a third time. They fell down at the hill and started to prophesy again. Then he, Saul, also went to Naoth Ramah and came to the great well that is at Seku. So he asked and said, where are Samuel and David? And someone said, indeed, they are at Naoth Ramah. So he went there. Then the Spirit of God came upon Saul also. He went on and prophesied until he came to Naoth Ramah. And he also stripped off his clothes, prophesied before Samuel in like manner, and laid naked all day and all night. Therefore, they say, Saul is among the prophets. Now, if prophecy was resting on you like that, and you're, instead of your enemies literally hunting you, what if you dwelled in the presence of the Lord in the prophetic realm so intimately that your enemies were rendered powerless when they came? And not only were they rendered powerless, but the Spirit of God had such a an impact and an influence over them that they literally stripped off their clothes, meaning they forgot everything. They, they lost consciousness, man. Literally, the Spirit of God put them in a trance. They fall down. Paul, or, uh, Saul rips off his clothes. He's laying there naked, and he's, he's uttering the prophetic revelation of the Lord. Instead of David becoming like Saul and wanting to, to murder and defend himself, David ran to the prophetic and the, the presence of the Lord, the, the river of prophecy was so powerful that it changed anybody who came to attack him. You see, if you're in your house, if you're in your bedroom, you're shaking in fear, 
you have any situation going on in your life, I'm here to tell you that it does not matter. There's one thing that matters, and that is your relationship with the presence of the Holy Ghost, because there is a power. There is a power that your heart in connection with the, with the presence of the Lord can actually change an atmosphere. It changes your home. It changes your bedroom. It changes your dining room. It changes your basement. It changes your yard. It changes your neighborhood. It changes your school. And it's all connected to a man who actually thirsted for the presence of the Lord and surrounded himself with, with prophetic people like Samuel. And the presence of God was so strong that it changed everything. Amen? You see, the kingdom of heaven is voice activated. Maybe you didn't get that. Maybe, maybe you all didn't get that the last week or the week before. Tell, tell your neighbor, the kingdom of heaven is voice activated. You were born to prophesy. Seriously, man. Seriously. Tell them like you mean it now, guys. The kingdom of heaven is, is voice activated. You were born to prophesy. But here's the thing. You can't fake it. You cannot fake being in love. You're either in thirsting love, hunger for the presence of the Lord, or you're not. You can't like just go through your routine life, and then when, all, when, when trouble and everything breaks out in your life, you, you I, I need help, I need help. Somebody Can somebody prophesy over me? Yeah, we can prophesy over you. But the essence is, you are supposed to be the one where the river flows out of your belly. Isn't that what Jesus said? You see, if you're in love with the presence of the Lord, the river flows out of you. You become the one. A river changes landscapes. Amen? You got that picture? You are a river. Tell the person beside you, you are the river of the Holy Ghost. You are the river of prophecy. You are the river of words of knowledge. You're the river of faith. You were born to change landscapes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see, somebody ought to be getting so fired up that like maybe they just jump up and say, hey, the devil is in trouble today. Amen. The devil is in trouble today. I am a river. I am a river. I am moving rocks. I am moving things in my way. I am moving Saul's. Saul's are going to come under the influence of the river that comes out of me. I'm not going to come out of the influence of the river that comes out of Saul. I'm a life changer. I'm a game changer. I'm a, I'm a horizon changer. Amen? Amen? Amen. You say, you, you, might, you might want to like write that on your bedpost or something so that when you roll over, first thing you see in the morning is a reminder, the devil is in trouble today. Amen. The devil is in trouble today. You, you, you are a natural born killer, man. And that may mess with your head. Oh, I'm supposed to turn the other cheek. I'm, so, I'm just supposed to turn the other cheek, right? No. No, not with the devil. 
Not with the devil, man. You are the power of the Holy Ghost. You are the voice of God. You have the keys. You have the power to change landscapes. Amen? You have the power to influence around you. You are not a victim. My goodness. Say this with me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus. Turn my heart into burning fire. That I would be like Naoth Ramah. I would be at the mountain of God. I would be the one who prophetic flow comes from and influences earth as it is in heaven. Everywhere I go, in the name of Jesus. Amen. One last time, the devil is in trouble today. Amen. All right, so this whole thing about prayer is really about impartation. You see, you go, into the, you go in to connect with the heart of God, and suddenly your spirit, your heart gets settled, right? I taught you about praying in the spirit, why you pray in the spirit, right? We talked last week that when you pray in tongues, you are actually praying the perfect will of God. Romans 8, 26, 27, remember that, guys? Right? So when you pray in the Spirit, you are praying the perfect will. And when, you, when, when the presence of God comes on you, your heart is actually positioned to hear. Right? You are actually positioned to see the vision of the Lord, able to hear the voice of God. And so this picture of being in the presence of the Lord is the centerpiece of, of the relationship. And Jesus demonstrated this. As soon as, as, soon as Jesus was done speaking to the disciples... When he said, I'll give you the keys, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. They continued walking, and they walked um, to a mountain, uh, which I believe is Mount Hermon. And on Mount Hermon, Jesus ascended. He took Peter, James, and John, right? He ascended, and Jesus was literally transformed when he heard his father's voice. It says that his clothes became glowing white, right? Let's read that scripture here real quick. Mark chapter 9, verse, starting with verse 1. And he said to them, Assuredly, I say to you that there are some standing here who will not taste death till they see the kingdom of God present with power. Now after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John and led them up on a high mountain apart by themselves. He was transfigured, meaning metamorphosis. That's where you get the word metamorphosis. He was literally changed before their eyes. Amen? Did you ever see somebody receive a prophecy changed before your eyes? No? Did you see any of the people here in the last three or four weeks that had the vision? They got that people were speaking to them. They start to weep. Some start to cry. Some start to shake. They're being metamorphosized. They're being transfigured by the voice of God. Amen? His clothes, his armor became shining. No longer was he wearing normal clothes. He was wearing supernatural clothes. They appeared different in the eyes of Peter, James, and John. Exceedingly white, like snow, such as no launder on earth can whiten them. And Elijah appeared to them with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. Then Peter 
uh, answered and said, Jesus, Rabbi, is it good for us to be here? Let us make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah, because he did not know what to say. He's in shock, for they were greatly afraid. And then it says this, and a cloud came, overshadowed them, and a voice came out of the cloud saying, this is my beloved son, hear him. Okay, quiz time. The dream that I had last night I shared with you, when I, when I spoke in the door open and I walked into the warehouse with the armor, what was I walking on? I was walking on clouds. Wow, imagine that. Okay, and a cloud came and overshadowed them, and a voice came out of the cloud saying, this is my beloved son. The word saying there is the word Lego. You guys know Legos? That's where that, that, that Greek word is the word Lego. That's where... You know, that's the same word, building blocks. When you ascend up the mountain of the Lord, which is a picture of ascending into prayer, it's a, it's a picture of you entering um, the heights of the heavens, connecting to the Spirit of God. You are going into prayer on purpose, right? It's like the cloud of heaven. It's the presence of the Lord comes and rests upon you. And when he speaks to you, it's like a Lego. Every day you hear him, guess what's happening? He's transforming you. He's metamorphosizing you. He's doing something to you that you couldn't religiously do to yourself. You know when a person sits down and they're, they're trying to learn scripture, they're trying to read, they're trying to do the right thing. The Lord can do more in one conversation than you can in 10 years of trying to learn and become what is described on paper. And that, what, I'm not what I'm telling you is not to incentivize you not to read, but you should read in relationship to hearing the voice. And if he speaks something to you, all of a sudden he says Mark 9, and boom, you go there and that, that whole passage lights up and it becomes real. Not only, not only specific scripture, but when he speaks a certain thing, hey, you're going to Phoenix. You're going to speak to these people. This is what you're going to tell them. Guess what? I couldn't have done that the day before because I wasn't prepped. I wasn't built. I didn't have what I needed to impart to them. So prophecy is about hearing what, what is imparted to you. You're actually giving away to impart to them. Amen? So the Legos, you need Legos. Some of, some of you only, you know how when you were in first and second grade, you know, there were some kids that built like these little cars or whatever, and then you had that one or two kids that built like these castles. Like, how in the heck do they build all that, right? You see, you're supposed to be a castle. You're not supposed to be this guy over here surrounded by uh, the rest uh, of, of the body who is just building these little tiny houses or whatever out of your Legos. You should be in deep into prayer to hear the voice of God, and He builds you. And not only... Uh, when he builds you, do you become like this little refuge or this little house? You ultimately become a castle. Then you become a skyscraper. Then you become something supernatural because he has built you over time with what he's saying to you. That's, that's, that's the, that's the um, connection piece with why the voice of the Lord is, is so needed in the life of a Christian. You can't really be a Christian without hearing and following his voice because you're not being built, right? You got to be built. You, get, you literally have to be formed, right? 
He told the prophet Jeremiah, before I knew you, I formed you. Or before, before you were born, I formed you, right? Meaning that he had the end. From, he, had, he saw the end from the beginning. And everything that he was speaking to him was building Jeremiah. Amen? You with me? All right, so I'm saying all that for this. There's a purpose in why you're going into prayer here, right? In Mark chapter 9, when Jesus came off the mountain, he comes off the mountain, he's glowing, right? He just didn't hear something for the purpose of doing nothing. He heard something for a purpose. And so when he came off the mountain... I'm going, to, I'm going to start here, uh, Mark chapter 9, verse 25. When Jesus saw the people running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, Deaf, dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly, and came out of him, and he became as one dead, so that many said, He is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he rose. And when he had come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could we not cast it out? So he said to them, this kind only comes out by prayer and fasting. Now, Jesus had already sent these guys out on two different occasions. Luke chapter 9 and 10, Matthew chapter 10. Jesus gave them power over unclean spirits. He said, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers. He sent them out. And now they get to a point where they see Jesus transform before their eyes on the mountain. They come down the mountain and the guy that has the child that is in desperate need, he's thrown himself in the fire. He's in desperate need. He's convulsing. And they run up to Jesus and say, your disciples couldn't cast it out. Why? You got, you got to know why, right? The, the whole thing is about understanding why. And because, because they couldn't cast it out, they, they ran and grabbed hold of the one who was transformed on the mountain. Amen. The one who was transformed on the mountain comes down and drives this demon out of this child. And Jesus turns as a lesson to these guys and said, this kind only comes out by prayer and fasting. Meaning you have to ascend. You have to be transformed. You have to be metamorphosized. You have to, be, uh, you have to hear the voice of God and be built up to go do certain things. You just can't go. I mean, you can, you can take certain scriptures and say, well, yeah, Jesus, Jesus gave the disciples authority to cast out devils and heal the sick. Well, then why couldn't they do it to this guy? And Jesus says this kind only comes out by prayer and fasting, meaning there's some scenarios where, you know, it works. There's other times where it doesn't. But Jesus is giving a clue into he ascended on the mountain. He was transfigured. He comes down the mountain and he's speaking to these guys, and he points them back to, you have to hear, you have to be in prayer, you have to be built, you have to be um, equipped to do certain things at certain times, right? You don't have carte blanche authority to do everything. You see, Jesus was always under the power of the voice of God. In, in John chapter 5, Jesus said this, I only do what I see my Father doing in heaven, meaning he was connected in prayer and it was the vision of the Lord that sent him places. He just didn't willy-nilly, um, because he had power, walk around and say, come out, be healed, come out, be healed. 
He actually went to certain cities at certain places and certain times to do specific things because in prayer, in fasting, in prayer, he was built, he was sent, he was equipped to do specific things, right? Now, that doesn't mean some of you are born into junk. Some, well, let me rephrase that. We are all born into junk. We are all born into this demonic realm called earth where it says that the, the, the darkness blinds the hearts of men, right? And it's only the light of God. It's when the Lord reaches in and pulls you out of that darkness that you are able to be transformed and equipped. But it gets back to the simple essence of hearing the Father's voice. Everything needs to be centered on hearing the voice of God in your prayer life. You see, when Jesus, Jesus wasn't like the disciples when he came down the mountain. They thought they could do certain things. Jesus knew he could do certain things. Jesus knew what was going to happen when he came down that mountain. You see, and your prayer life will prepare you for, for key things that's going to happen in your day, in your week, in your city, in your life. And when you learn to hear, when you center on finding and pressing into him and fasting and prayer and you hear, you are way more equipped to handle certain things that come into your life or you're being sent in to change other people's lives. You with me? Because you're centered on the same way Jesus was centered, which is you ascend in your prayer life to be literally transfigured in prayer, to hear him, to be built, to have Lego, this Lego concept. You with me? You see, when Jesus came down the mountain, he was, he was marching, baby. He wasn't just like, I wonder what's going to happen today. He came down that mountain. He like, the devil is in trouble today. Amen? He came down that mountain. He came out of prayer in purpose. You see, that's the way we're supposed to come out of prayer, with purpose, because the Lord has clued us in. The Lord has positioned us. The Lord is sending us. Amen? You see, this concept is very important to understand as you step into the supernatural, because some of the most demoralizing things that people experience in church happen when they try to pray for people and nothing happens. How many of you heard, well, God must be mad at me. The guy didn't get healed. You must have done something bad. You must be in sin. That's why you didn't get healed. I know you heard all that stuff. I've heard a lot. Okay, and it sickens me because that's not the heart of God. The heart of God is that all would be saved. The anointing that was on Christ was the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me to heal the brokenhearted, bring sight to the blind, set the captive free. That's the intent of Christ. But you have to know at what level, what your connection point is with the Spirit. So I want to talk to you about three things. I want to talk to you about the gift of healing. I want to talk to you about praying for somebody to be healed as a, as a basic believer. And I want to talk to you about being healed by a vision. Okay? Three different things. So let me ask you this question first. How many times a day is a dead clock correct? Twice. Okay, so you read scripture and it says, these signs will follow those that believe. You'll lay hands on the sick, they'll recover, right? So you say, I'm going to start doing that. You line 100 people up and I guarantee you, even if you are the weakest Christian, you lay 100 people up. If you have the guts to pray for 100 people, several of them are going to get healed. A dead clock is right how many times a day? Twice. Don't, you're, you're, look, you're looking a little confused. 
The, the concept is this. If you pray, if, you know, Jesus said these signs will follow you, right? So you read that as a young Christian, and you say, I'm going to pray for everything that moves. And I, I went through this phase, okay? I went down the street praying for as many people as I could pray. Crazy season. But then I got discouraged because I didn't see as many people getting totally transformed, and I had to ask the Lord more questions. I actually got angry. I'll say that that discussion for another time, but the point is this. The principle is if even if you find a hundred people that are sick and you begin to pray for them, you're gonna there's gonna be people get healed, even though you weren't specifically sent to that person. Okay? And so this will all connect here in a minute, but how many of you know that certain people have a gift of healing? I've seen certain people the gift of healing literally lay hands on people with cancer, you know, blind people, and they get healed. Everybody doesn't get healed, but a lot of people get healed, okay? That's a gift, that's a gift of healing that is unique to a certain individual or person. But the third type, and this is the reason why I'm, I'm pressing so much about you ascending in prayer, you ascending the mountain to be transformed, is that when you get the vision of the Lord, the vision of the Lord is always right. There is no maybe about the vision of the Lord. No maybe. There's like, it's 100% will happen, okay? Let me give you an example. Shelly had a vision one time. There was a painter coming to my house to uh, paint the whole house. He was giving me an estimate. I'm upstairs in the bathroom. I just got out of the shower, and she comes busting the door. She goes, the painter's downstairs. He's going to give us an estimate, but I had a vision of him. He's deaf. He cannot hear, but I saw you laying hands on this guy. He's going to get healed. And I'm like, wait a minute. She's got more faith for this painter than I do. And I'm like, okay, well, then why don't you pray for him? Well, the vision was she saw me praying for him. So... I get dressed, I run downstairs, and this guy's full-blown deaf, man. He's sitting there, and he's reading, and if, if you had your hand over his mouth, or over your mouth, he could not understand what you were saying. He was reading your lips, right? Five minutes, I'm talking to him about Jesus. Can I pray for you? Yes. Put my hand on his ear in the name of Jesus. Deaf, mute spirit, come out. I command you to hear. Boom. The guy goes, huh, huh. And I'm snapping my fingers, and he goes, oh, I can hear, I can hear. He, he literally runs out of my front door. He's running down, down the street. I can hear. Amen? Do you remember that? He can hear. I didn't read a scripture. I didn't try to decide on my own I was going to pray for this guy. My wife actually has a vision, sends me to him. I lay hands on him, he gets healed, okay? I had a guy, um, I went through a season where, person after person was coming up to me with lung cancer. And I didn't know it, but when I saw this black mass in their, in their chest, I would see the hand of the Lord come down, reach inside, and pull this black mass out. I was in Arkansas for three or four days preaching, doing a, doing a weekend conference. This pastor, he was weeping. Every service, he was weeping. He was from another church. He's sitting there. Finally, um, I called him out. I started prophesying over him. I saw the hand of the Lord come down, pull this black mass out of him. 
Two days later, my, my friend calls me and he says, that guy you prayed for, he had, he had lung cancer. He went to the doctor. He's 100% clean, right? It happened to me several times after that, okay? I had another guy. There were a couple guys doing deliverance. They were praying for this guy for like an hour, like commanding this spirit to come out, come out, come out. Well, this guy, his name was George. He was from Panama, and I didn't know it at the time. I'm going to tell you some of the information about his life so that when I tell the story, you'll connect the dots. But George was born in Panama, okay? He was born into a family that was high-ranking um, in Santeria. Santeria is a mix of Catholicism and witchcraft. And they, I mean, casting spells, uh, cursing people, all kind of crazy stuff. And this guy, when he was born as a baby, um, they put a, uh, a, a, a crucifix around their neck. They're, given, they, they're uh, given this necklace to wear all their life. And it's part of the ceremony that when that baby is dedicated to the demonic powers. Okay, so I literally, um, these guys are praying for him. We're in the church, right? We're in an upstairs in the youth room um, on a Saturday afternoon. I went downstairs, got a coffee. I'm talking to some people. I go back upstairs. I walk in. These guys are still praying for this guy, and he's standing there like this, nothing. I mean, there's no spiritual activity going on. There's no tears. There's nothing. They're praying. They're pushing in for this guy. I walk in. And as soon as I walk over to this guy, I have this vision. I saw the hand of the Lord reach in, grab this necklace off of George and rip it off, right? So I said, hey, guys, let's, let's just talk for a minute. I said, George, does this mean anything to you? I described the vision to him. He goes, yes. Every child born into my family, they're given a crucifix, and the curses and everything are put upon them. I reached up. I grabbed hold of that necklace. I said, in the name of Jesus, I ripped that curse off you right now. I kid you not, dude. This guy was 6'2", 240, 250 pounds. I don't know if you've ever seen anybody manifest, but I'm telling you, when I broke that curse by the vision of the Lord, that wasn't David Cuppet just saying, eh, that's, I want that necklace. When I reached up and said, in the name of Jesus, I break that curse off of you, and I ripped that necklace, I literally broke the necklace. He lunged, and the guys that were around him literally had to tackle him, and we commanded that curse, that spirit out of him. Fifteen minutes later, he, he, he was laughing in the presence of the Lord, free. And when he would describe his life all the way up into that point, his life, he would go to bed or whatever, he, he, the, there was a dark presence that followed him everywhere he went. And he said that he would have the power to walk into a room and influence the thinking of, of people. He could convince people in contracts. He could convince people. He was actually sent on purpose from Panama to the United States for high-level things. Okay, that's all I'm going to tell you. I'm telling you this because if you understand... Your relationship with the presence of the Lord, with the Holy Spirit that was sent for every believer, you have the power to bypass every limitation, to know when to step, when not to step, where to go, where not to go, okay? Because these other two gifts, if you have the gift of healing, go for it, dude. If you know you have the gift of healing, line them up, pray for everybody. If you're just a believer and you don't, haven't discovered your gifts yet, 
and you don't have a prayer relationship, but you want to start praying for people, pray for a man, because even a dead clock is right twice a day. And I don't mean that in a discouraging way. I'm telling you because you should not get discouraged. You keep praying, you keep praying, you keep praying. The, the point of this is that if you enter in prayer, if you become emboldened in prayer, and you hear the voice of God, that's why I'm telling you the story of Naoth Ramah, because you have the power prophetically to change an atmosphere, because you're not speaking on your own accord, you're speaking out of authority. That description I told you last week of Revelation 19, Christ on a white horse coming out of heaven, that's a picture of prophecy. He, revealed, he, he, des, he described himself as the spirit of prophecy, white horse, eyes burning with fire, many crowns, sword out of his mouth. When you prophesy, that is what is coming out. Amen? I would much rather come with Christ on a white horse because I'm speaking a vision than just blindly lining up 50 people and, and saying, I pray that your cancer goes. I pray that your kidneys, kidney stones, I just pray they go. I'm, I'm with you, man. Right? There's a difference. You get it? You guys with me? You see, the power of your relationship connected in hearing his voice will make you supernatural. And this may sound weird, but I mean, if I don't have the vision of the Lord to heal to pray for people, I'll tell them right out, hey, I'll pray with you all day long. I'm hoping for your healing. But if I get a vision and I see the hand of God reaching and pulling a black mass out of your lungs, I'm telling you right now, your cancer, your lung cancer is gone in the name of Jesus. And you know, sometimes, you know, people will say, why, why are you kind of delicate when you pray for people versus other times you're like, come out come out. I command you to, this is what you are. This is what the Lord says you are. Because I speak in confidence because of what I see versus me being a believer and saying, I'm praying with you, man. I hope you get healed. So the essence of this class, the essence of the book, and if you don't have a book, you know, we'll get, we'll get everybody a book, but the essence of this book is hearing the voice of God. That's what this whole thing is about. So if you thirst after the presence of the Lord, you are going to hear the Lord. You are going to be transformed in prayer and you are going to become a supernatural weapon in the kingdom. Amen? That's why Paul, Paul, was, Paul was literally begging the church, I pray that you all pray in tongues, but even more that you prophesy. Right? We taught you if you don't know what to pray for, you pray in the Spirit, he answers you. He speaks to you in visions and dreams. And then you walk in confidence because you heard the voice of God. It can't be that simple, can it? Come on, look at, look at the person beside you said, this is pretty simple, guys. <laughs> Church made it complicated. But that's, that's the truth, man. It was never meant to be complicated. It was never meant for you sitting there trying to turn pages and figure all this stuff out. It was meant... To literally rest in the presence of the Lord. Hear Him. Let Him teach you. Let Him send you. Let Him equip you. Amen? You see, when I figured that out, or the Lord finally taught me that, I got frustrated here. I got frustrated there. I'm like this zealous guy, right? 
I got filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm running down the street praying for people. I'm wanting to see the supernatural. And, you know, I was at, at, when I was a beginning Christian, I was happy with a dead clock. I was happy if I got a couple people healed here and there. I was happy if I was able to cast a demon out here and there. I, I was happy if I got to prophesy over a couple guys a month. And then I figured out, wait, I'm only about 5%. I'm running the odds on this. Wait, the kingdom of heaven isn't just 5%, man. It's not like, it's, it should be 100%. Amen? I'm not, now, I'm not telling you that I'm 100%. But I am telling you that when I have a vision, I will pursue the vision because I know he spoke. Amen? You guys, you guys good? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you a, a dream or, or an encounter I had with the Lord, and then we're going to pray, see what the Lord does tonight. When you develop a prayer life, you will be built in prayer. When, when, you, when you begin to thirst for what the Lord is saying, knowing that what he spoke, that one thing that he spoke two months ago has built and transformed and changed you, what would it be like if he spoke paragraphs to you? What would it be like if he spoke to you for an hour? What would it be like if you were taken to heaven to experience and see something that was supernatural. What would it be like? I'll tell you about some encounters with heaven that I've had over the years, um, maybe in some, some future meetings. But, you know, the Lord will take you specific places in the Spirit for periods of time to teach you and reveal things to you, okay? There was a time um, about four years ago where uh, the Lord would always take me on top of this mountain. And... I was always fighting a, a new, um, I'll call it an entity, I'll call it an uh, opposition, opposing force, and it was like, it was, at first it was like, why are you showing me this enemy? Why are you showing me? But then it always unfolded into the Lord would always equip me with something to defeat this enemy in this high place. Okay, and so I was, I was, the Lord would always take me to this place in the spirit on top of this mountain, and um, I'm, I'm on top of this mountain, and um, I see this, this uh, man looking like creature, he was, he was glowing green, um, coming toward me, and written on, on this creature was the word epitaph king. You guys know what an epitaph is? An epitaph is what's written on a gravestone. It's, it, it, is, it is spoken of, you know, the last words, the last testament. Um, it's actually the, the point of death is confirmed in their last words. That's what an epitaph is, right? And so this epitaph king comes toward me, and he, walk, he, he, he stops his horse in front of me, and he says these words. He says, I can steal the dreams of the people and you can't stop me. And as soon as he spoke that, a graveyard, an entire graveyard appeared behind this, this creature, okay? And I'm getting mad. In, in this encounter, this is a vision, okay? I'm getting angry, and all of a sudden, Jesus appears beside me, and he puts this sword in my hand, and it reads uh, Jeremiah 3.15 and 3.16. And he, he teaches me to, to thrust this sword 
And when he thrusted the sword, it went into the creature. It went into the epitaph king. He falls off the horse dead, and I saw people coming out of the graveyard alive. Okay? And so let me read this scripture to you. Jeremiah 3.15, the Lord is always speaking and equipping you in dreams and visions. The Lord was equipping me with something. He said, I can't send you into the church to do what I called you to do until you have these, these equippings. And I, I, there was a series of these encounters. And this, this particular scripture, Jeremiah 3, 15 and 16, it says this, and I'm reading out of the Amplified. And I will give you spiritual shepherds after my own heart in the final time who will feed you with knowledge, understanding, and judgment. What have we been talking about the last three weeks? Judgment and knowledge. The word knowledge is the word yada. It's not earthly knowledge. It's not like just written scripture. It's actually imparted intimacy. So it's talking about, he says, I will, that, that the, these shepherds will impart to you knowledge, understanding, and judgment. How do you judge? You hear the voice of God, and when the voice of God speaks, the world is changed. The darkness cannot withstand the light, right? The word of God is spoken. The vision, the dream, it's not just a vision. It is the word of the Lord, and it judges the darkness, right? So out of your intimacy, you get, in this connection with the Holy Spirit, you get understanding, you get built, you get these Legos, you get these imparted, uh, judging, powerful words from the Lord, right? And it shall be that when you have multiplied and increased in the land in those days, said the Lord, they shall no more say the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. It shall not come to mind, nor shall they seriously remember it, nor shall they miss or visit it, nor shall it be repaired or made again. For instead of the ark, instead of a dead religious system that didn't have the power to save a person, he says, my very presence will be there with you. I will personally show myself to you. Come on, man. Do you want a sword like that? Think about this. He, he held me back. I couldn't actually do what I was called to do until he took me through a season to be equipped, to be built like Legos, and to actually be handed a sword by Jesus that would pierce this thing that stole the dreams of people, that stole the vision of the Lord, that actually stole their hope, stole, made them broken, Right? He says, no, no, I can't send you yet. You have to be equipped because this creature, which is not a fictitious thing, what's it, what does it say Satan does? He kills, steals, and destroys. He comes to hunt you. And whether you believe you are in a war or not, he has a marker on you, and his intent is to kill you and take you. That you will be something that is buried behind that epitaph king, powerless, dreamless, visionless, but the Lord is coming here tonight to release this sword into you. Because not only did that sword go through the epitaph king, when that sword actually went through the epitaph king, people started sitting up out of the graves, symbolizing that the dream of the Lord in your life is not dead. And that's what I'm prophesying over you, that the dream of the Lord is alive in you, that the vision of God is alive in you. 
that no death, no power, no enemy, no principality, not anything present or anything future shall be able to take from you what the Lord declared will be living in your life. Amen? So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I just decree over these people that this Jer- or the Jeremiah 3, 15 and 16 sword right now is piercing every evil thing that has stolen a dream from their life, that has stolen the vision of the Lord from their life. And I call them to be awakened right now in the name of Jesus. I call them to sit up out of the grave to hear the voice of God, to step into the supernatural realm of the top of that mountain. I prophesy over you that you were made to dwell in the mountaintops. You were made to actually own the very place that has ruled over you. You will be the the ruler over the darkness. You will be the one that hears the vision and the dream of the Lord. You will be the one awakened on that mountaintop to sit in the presence of God and to hear what he is speaking to you because he's got a plan for you, a great thing for you, a delivering thing for you, a plan of hope, a plan of purpose for you. That is the heart of God for your life. Amen? You see, I have this picture of thousands of people sitting up out of their grave hearing the voice of God for the first time in their life, and they run down off that mountain like Jesus. You know how Jesus ran down that mountain? The devil is in trouble! The devil is in trouble because I hear the voice of my Father. I hear it, and I cannot be stopped. I've been built supernaturally. I am the river of God, and nothing can hold me. Nothing. The grave, if it couldn't hold Christ, then I'm in Christ. It can't hold me. Amen? Tell your neighbor that you were not born to stay in a dead place. The Holy Ghost is calling you to resurrection. To be clothed with the might of Christ. To be equipped with the armor of the Holy Spirit. To hear His voice and to change the earth. You have the key that opens doors that no man can close and closes doors that no man can open. That is the key the Lord is giving to you today. I command you to hear his voice. Come on, prophesy it to him. I command you to hear the voice of God. I command you to sit up out of that grave. I command you to be in the power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Come on, the devil is in trouble. The devil is in trouble. My goodness. Come on, man. The devil is in trouble, guys. You see, if one person gets lit up in the Holy Ghost... And will pursue his love so powerfully that you will sit and wait in his presence till you hear him. And your confidence grows. And no longer will you get discouraged trying to pray for 50 people. And only two of them get healed in the day or whatever those odds are. You actually spend your time in his presence for hours and hours and hours. You pray in the Holy Ghost. You use that key. You use that equipping. You thirst and hunger for him 
And he does something to you that is so supernatural. Amen. Thank you for joining this week's episode of the School of the Holy Spirit. For more information or to request David at your church or conference, please go to davidcuppet.org. D-A-V-I-D-C-U-P-P-E-T-T dot O-R-G. You can also find the School of the Holy Spirit podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Charisma Magazine. For a deeper dive into the Holy Spirit, we encourage you to purchase David's new book, The Key of David, Experiencing the Voice of God, available on Amazon. We pray that you will encounter the Holy Spirit in a transforming way and become all that Christ has prophesied over your life.